There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and I want to thank you for watching or listening to this episode as we start a new segment that I wanted to do called the Steelers News. Uh, a lot of stuff in the offseason kind of happens, and, and there might be some stories that are brought up, uh, some worth talking about, some not worth talking about. Now, Lance Williams and I, if you haven't checked us out on The Standard, is The Standard our podcast. We'll be going about every other week until the season starts, but this is a weekly show slash podcast that I wanted to do to kind of fill you in on what's going on because let's be honest, not everyone is like me. Uh, not everyone writes about the Steelers and runs a website like BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And not everyone has the interest levels to want to check that all the time when there's other stuff going on. The NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, and Major League Baseball's in full swing. And let's be honest, the NFL season is still months away. But if you want to know what's going on with the Steelers in the week that was, I'm going to give you a quick rundown. I wish I could tell you this is going to be an every Thursday show, but I can't promise that. So... About a week ago, the Pittsburgh Steelers started their minicamp, their rookie minicamp. This is where they had a slew of invitees as well as their undrafted free agents and their seven draft picks from the 2018 NFL Draft. They were in Pittsburgh. They were at their headquarters, and they got their first look of them on the football field. Everyone's been breaking down the film behind the steel curtain has, as well as a slew of other websites. They've been giving out grades. But let's be honest, no one really knows what to expect. So when they finally got them on the field, what was everyone talking about? Not football. What they were talking about was Mason Rudolph, as the reporters had their first chance to really talk with Mason Rudolph up close and personal. And everyone was asking about Rudolph and Ben Roethlisberger. How is Rudolph going to respond to Ben Roethlisberger's comments regarding how Ben Roethlisberger kind of misconstrued some of the stuff that he said Mason Rudolph, how's he going to respond? Well, the rookie took the high road. He definitely took the high road. He said that, you know, Ben's not there to to teach him. He's there to learn. He's going to take whatever Ben gives him and use it to get better. He's going to prepare like he's a starter. That was the dominant news coming from the rookie minicamp. That doesn't mean it was important because, heck, even like Mason Rudolph said, when Roethlisberger gets there because he did send him a good luck text prior to minicamp, when Roethlisberger reports for OTAs and minicamp, he said, I'm sure we're going to be friends. We're going to work together. We're going to be teammates. In other words, this has been blown way out of proportion, yet that's what was headlining. But not everything was based around the drama of Mason Rudolph and Ben Roethlisberger. Other news were the safeties. Mike Tomlin, who spoke with media for the first time since his draft uh, press conferences, also said that he really liked what Terrell Edmonds, first-round draft pick, and Marcus Allen, fifth-round draft pick, brought to their practices that they had for rookie minicamp. For a rookie minicamp, this is just football and shorts, but they do have some game-like situations, some 7-on-7, 11-on-11 type things, but nothing full contact, obviously no pads. 
He loved their communication. I mean, let's be honest. At this stage of the game, communication is all you can do because you're not actually hitting. You're not actually tackling. So when you're a defender, communicating, being in the right spot at the right time is crucial. And the fact that the head coach, and if you follow Mike Tomlin closely, he's not one to give out praise, especially to rookies. And he did. He did. He said he liked what they had to bring. That's good news for the Steelers. I'm not I'm not anointing them. I'm not saying that Terrell Edmonds is going to be the next great safety for the Steelers or that they have huge plans for him and either. All I'm saying is that I think that these two players are taking a step in the right direction early on in their careers. Lastly, the only other player that I really came away with, you know, showing some interest in was Jalen Samuels, the running back, tight end, wide receiver, fullback, H-back, the Swiss Army knife, as you will, uh, the Mr. Everything, as he's been called, from North Carolina State. The Steelers had him in the backfield. They also had him running routes. I wrote an article about the running back death chart on the website Thursday, and a lot of fans sat and said, you know, I'm not sure that Jalen Samuels is a lock to make the team. In my opinion, unless this kid comes out and completely falls flat on his face and can't do any of the stuff that it looks like he can do from his film, there's no way he doesn't make this team. He is that versatile. He is that talented. He can run routes well. He can block. He can run the football. If you don't believe me, look it up yourself. Look up Jalen Samuels' highlights, film breakdowns, college film, if he can translate even some of those skills to the NFL, he will be just fine. Now, I'll be honest, watching the game film, you see a lot of his moves are outside the pocket or outside the, the tackle box. When you get on the outside of the NFL, the defenders are fast, just as fast as you are. You're not going to be able to bounce everything outside. But he can run between the tackles. They are going to find a role for him. I'm not saying he's the heir apparent to Le'Veon Bell. I'm not saying he's going to beat out players like James Conner or even a player like Fitzgerald Toussaint. But what I am saying is that they should, and I think they will, find a spot for him on the 53-man roster because he does all those things so very well. And really, that's all there was to take out of rookie minicamp. There really wasn't any other news. You did hear from Keith Butler and Randy Feetner, the offensive and defensive coordinators for the Steelers. Again, no real news. They're giving the playbook out to these players for the first time. The news is probably going to start on May 22nd. The recording of this is the, is the 17th. It's five days away. The May 22nd is a Tuesday. That's the very first time the Pittsburgh Steelers veterans get into, into the headquarters. They start OTAs, or stands for organized team activities, and the rookies and the veterans will be together. That's when you'll start seeing news of maybe where they have these players playing. So, for instance, will Terrell Edmonds be in that hybrid linebacker role that everyone's expecting, or maybe won't he? Maybe they'll stick with just John Bostick's standard 3-4 base. The, some of this stuff will start coming out, and it's not, again, that it's set in stone. These are off-season workouts, but it is giving you a glimpse of what the Pittsburgh Steelers coaching staff likes and thinks of their young players and of their packages that they might want to be doing this upcoming season. So with minicamp done, we move on to the next news. Le'Veon Bell's back at it, folks. He's back in the news not for contract talks, again, for social media. Now, he went on Twitter. He posted a photo of himself. Great photo. Love Le'Veon Bell as a player. 
Not really fond of him off the field, especially on social media. He's getting some bad advice somewhere, but he posted 9-9-18, September 9, 2018. That is when the Steelers start their week one, the regular season in Cleveland against the Browns. And he said, be patient. Uh, look, you can you can read this in a multitude of ways. Uh, I read it as, be patient for what? I'm assuming he's not going to show up for off-season workouts. I don't like that. I don't think he showed up ready to go last season. And if he doesn't show up for workouts, I don't think he's going to be ready to go this season either. Uh, yeah, maybe it's referring to contract talks. It just adds to the drama. It's unnecessary drama. Uh, and so some people said, hey, this is a positive sign. Le'Veon Bell saying, hey, be patient. We're good. We got this, you know? I was not one of those people you listening or watching might be someone that thinks that, but that's not me. I think that Le'Veon Bell, like I said, I love him as a player. He is the best, the most all around running back in the national football league. But at the same time, he needs to realize that sometimes it's okay to just be in the background. Sometimes it's okay to just say, I'm not going to tweet about stuff. I'm not going to go on and engage with, with fans or anything like that. Just let it be. Let your agent do his job with the Steelers. Try to get a long-term deal done, which I still think is a possibility. Not a strong one, but it is a possibility. But again, Le'Veon Bell in the news for freaking social media. For social media. All right, now, today, Thursday, May 17th, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like this. I really do. I, th I think it's interesting. I think it's really smart by the organization. Uh, the Steelers are a very intelligent organization from top to bottom. We're not just talking about Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin. They sent out a tweet mid-morning that said, May 30th, breaking news, throwbacks coming. Think about that for a second. Now, we knew that last season that the Bumblebee uniforms were going to be retired that they weren't going to be used anymore. They focused just on their, their color rush uniform, which I love. But now they've announced that they're, they leaked the release date. My goodness, a lot of fans were talking about this today. They were talking about, well, what are the throwbacks going to be? Are they going to be what they call the Batman throwbacks? And if you're watching on YouTube, it's one where the gold comes down the chest and kind of covers the shoulder. But it's a diamond from the top if you're looking down at the top of a player. Um, or is it going to be something different, like the uh, the one with the Pittsburgh City crest on the front? Uh, they have some options here. Maybe they'll go to just simply block letters, uh, the block numbers. I'm sorry, block numbers. That's something they used to do. It was in the mid-'90s. A lot of people want them to revert back to those as their primary uniforms. This caused a lot of buzz, and this is why the Steelers are smart. You do something like this. You say something like that. You tweet that. And it gets people talking. It gets people excited in those moments where the Pittsburgh Steelers are not on the forefront of most people's minds with all these other sports going on. They bring it to the forefront because they tweet something like this. So throwbacks are coming. I'd like to be, I'd be curious if you're watching on YouTube, comment what you, which uh, throwbacks you think will actually be used, you know, go back and look at some of the old uniforms. If you have to look at the ones they've already used and think about which ones they might be using. I'd be curious to see what you think. Personally, I think they're going to go with the Batman. I think they're going to go with the one with the gold that I talked about that it kind of looks like a diamond across the chest. I'm not crazy about them. Um, but then again, I wasn't crazy about the Bumblebees when they brought those out, and they kind of grew on me as well. In the comment section, let me know what you think about the throwbacks. Do you like them? Do you love them? Do you hate them? Can you eh, whatever? Let me know. Um, 
Speaking of throwbacks, speaking of the Heinz Field experience, the Pittsburgh Steelers, there's a lot of fans. I realize this more and more every year that I run the website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. The bigger the website gets, the more people are checking it out and commenting and creating accounts. You just see how vast the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base is. It's global. It is 100% global. It's not just the United States. It's not just North America. It's everywhere. And the one thing I've realized is that a lot of these fans have never been to Pittsburgh, have never been to Heinz Field, which is kind of like the mecca for Steeler fans. Um, I've been there. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to see several games there. Not a lot. I'm, I was never a season ticket holder when I grew up near the area. I don't live there now. I live in Maryland. Um, but still, a lot of fans have never even gotten a chance to go, not even to a preseason game. Well, the exciting thing is, if you have the money, and I realize it's expensive, these Pittsburgh Steelers said that they are going to be releasing some individual game tickets soon. I believe it's the 18th of May this Friday. So if you're listening, if you're listening to this on Friday, watching it on Friday, if you want tickets, they have some available. You have to go to Ticketmaster.com and find those tickets. And again, the preseason tickets aren't going to be that expensive. But if you're looking for a regular season ticket, it's going to be expensive. But this is your way to get it straight from the team, not have to buy it secondhand. You're going to get it at face value. They're going to go fast, so make sure you're on there and make sure you're ready. Now, I understand why people don't go. If you live in on the West Coast and the Steelers has a place, the Steelers don't play a lot of football games if you're trying to see them on the road, the, to make the cross-country trip to Pittsburgh pay for your hotel and your airfare and the ticket and all the concessions and all those things that go along with it, that is a pretty penny. Maybe you just don't like to go. I, I've talked to several people and, and read comments on the website from several fans that live in Pittsburgh, have opportunities to go to games, and they say, I don't want to fight traffic. I don't want to deal with drunks. I would prefer to get all the replays and to be up close and personal with, it, with my television in my living room. And I respect that. I respect that. But if you're someone that's never been and you want to go and you don't want to deal with paying an exorbitant amount of money, this is your chance. doesn't happen often, but here they go. The studios are releasing individual ticket sales. I'm pretty sure I'll double check that. Web, that article's on the website right now. I believe it's May 18th. That's tomorrow. That's Friday. Check out those tickets. Now, lastly, this isn't really breaking news. I'm going to go ahead and say it's not really news. Yet I feel it's worth talking about. Uh, pro football focus. A lot of people love it. A lot of people hate it. It's kind of, you know, you're either one or the other when it comes to PFF. People hate Chris Collins worse. So they automatically hate it. I get it. One thing I noticed, though, is that sometimes they release these statistics that I find really fascinating. And they did one with Antonio Brown and wide receivers in general. And they ranked the efficiency of receivers Catching contested passes. What does that mean? It means that when there is a pass that is somewhat contested by a defender, how often do you bring it in? Now, I believe Antonio Brown ranked eighth on that list, and a lot of people might listen to that or read that and say, eighth, that's, that can't be right. I want to say first that he's only 0.5 away, percentage points away, from being fifth or sixth on that list. So there is not a lot of gray matter in between when it comes to the, these numbers, but still he catches over 51% of contested passes thrown his way. 
A lot of that comes from Ben Roethlisberger forcing him the ball. A lot of that comes from his sheer will to get the ball. And a lot of that is because he doesn't have to always make contested catches. Some of these other receivers are constantly making contested catches because they can't get the separation that someone like Antonio Brown can. What this does for me, I think that when you look back the last four years, Antonio Brown has literally been setting an NFL record pace when it comes to receptions, when it comes to yards, never been done before. This adds a whole new layer. Because for me, I look at this and say, everyone's already known that Antonio Brown is the best. If you don't think, who who's better? I mean, someone will argue Julio Jones is better. They used to say Des Bryant was better. Not anymore. I laugh at that and strictly say that my <laughs> he's the best. He's the best. I'm not going to go as far as saying that he's the best ever because Jerry Rice is the best ever. I am going to go as far to say, though, that the Pittsburgh Steelers have arguably one of the greatest receivers to ever play the game. And barring a complete collapse of his career or Lord forbid, knocking on wood, a devastating injury that ends his career early. He is on pace to have a hall of fame career. You hope there's some hardware in there in regards to a super bowl, possibly maybe a most valuable player. Uh, but I just think that what you're seeing is more and more proof that Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver in the NFL right now and is one of the best to ever play the game. But then again, if you're a Steeler fan and you're watching this on YouTube, or you're listening to this on our podcast form. You already know that because if you watch him play, you know this. So I thank you for listening to the first episode of the Steelers news. Uh, I hope you got something out of it. Hope you enjoyed it. If you don't follow us on pod- podcast form, make sure you go to iTunes you want to search the standard is the standard. That's our platform name. Subscribe. You'll get all those podcasts right there for you. Easy to catch whenever we have those out. Or if you haven't done so, follow us on YouTube, BTSC, Behind the Steel Curtain, Steelers Radio. Subscribe, like, share, tell your friends. We're looking to always add more viewers to our fold. So my name is Jeff Hartman. I'm the editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Check us out, your one-stop shop for Pittsburgh Steelers needs. We'll see you next time. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.